We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ryan, before we get going, we're not going to do a full mailbag today, everybody. Um, my voice is about gone. <laughs> so we're going to do a. We have a couple super chats, Ryan, that we'll get to, and then we're going to get out of here. You're going to have a recruiting show tomorrow uh, yep. at, uh, at 1 o'clock. So Ryan will, will have a lot to talk about tomorrow. Big, big visitor list this weekend. So yep. uh, he's going to have plenty to talk about. You know it's big when, like, Ryan writes these articles where he previews who's going to visit. And and this one of those games was like, uh, I'm going to turn this into two different articles because there's a lot of guys coming. So he'll have plenty to talk about tomorrow. Well, let's start off here, Ryan. We had a super chat from David Hess. David's question says, what's up, guys? I can't always watch live, but always try to watch after work. Thank you for all the content here and on the boards. Let's bury USC this Saturday. Irish win by 100. I mean, I'd take that. I'll just take like a third of that. I mean, just give me like a 33-point win and I'm a – incredibly ecstatic dude let me ask you this ryan kind of along the lines of we can take this down kind of along the lines of 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 what david said here what do you think if if notre dame comes out and wins convincingly and when i think convincingly i don't think 2017 49 to 14 i mean you know convincingly is in like it's a 10 point game 14 point game where it's just clear for 60 minutes that notre dame's the better team what do you think that does for this program? Because we talked about what a loss would mean uh, during yep. the predictions part, but what do you think a convincing win? I think a win helps this program, certainly. But what does a convincing win do for Notre Dame? I mean, I think it does everything for Notre Dame. I mean, from a fan perspective, I think it puts a needed boost of confidence back into you as far as Coach Freeman and the staff being the team that could take you there, potentially. I think that the national perspective is you beat a really good USC team that was undefeated and is a potential to make a college football playoff run this year if they do what they need to do. And I also think that you have the recruiting aspect of everything. You have a lot of 2025 kids and a lot of priority kids that are going to be on campus this weekend. If you're able to beat USC, I think that continues to ride momentum in the 2025 class as well. So I think it quiets the doubters a little bit. I think it gets some confidence back into the fan base and I think on the recruiting side, it's a big victory against a big opponent at home 
in front of a lot of really great recruits. So I think that it does everything for Notre Dame to yeah. win this game. We had Michael S. with the Super Chats. Yesterday you implied that Marcus Freeman is handcuffing the offense. Isn't it or likely, more likely that it's the opponent's D that's stopping Notre Dame's explosiveness and not lack of trying to be more open and aggressive? No, I don't think that's more likely, no. And the reason I say that, Michael, is because I watch the film and I see the things they're doing and I see the way that they play. They play tight. You know, they don't take a whole lot of shots. They don't do things to get guys open. They don't take chances. You can you can tell when a quarterback's not throwing deep because he's not – guys aren't open and teams are playing a certain way. And when a guy's unwilling to throw deep because he just is just gun-shy for whatever reason. And a lot of times, especially for a kid like Sam Hartman, who's made a living throwing the ball down the field the last two years – I think it's just something that's kind of been beat out of them. And I think the other, you know, so you can say, oh, credit the defense and all that kind of stuff. And okay. There's always something like that. We've talked about how Notre Dame's played good defenses the last couple of weeks, but no, I, I look at it and I say, I just, I just don't think that the offenses the last two years were units that necessarily just kind of let a rip the way they needed to. And I'm not talking about being, you know, unsound and throwing the ball 50 times. It just comes down to, you need an offense like they don't ever let them play with any urgency. Everything is slow. Everything is methodical. Everything is deliberate. You know, may, maybe that's 100% on Jared Parker. Maybe. Maybe Marcus Freeman's just hired two offensive coordinators in a row that just love going really slow. Maybe. Yeah. Right? But that's still it. I didn't say he is handcuffing the offense. I said I'm concerned that he's handcuffing the offense. Just so we're clear, there's a difference between me making a – a a a read on a situation and then me stating a fact as if I have been told by sources that it is happening. I have not. And um not that anyone would tell me if he was, they would they wouldn't do that. The sources I have would never do that. I'm saying I think that's what's happening. I just want to be clear, Michael. Not that what you're saying is necessarily wrong. I just want to make sure people are clear that I'm not saying talking to my sources, this is what's happening. It's my opinion that this is happening. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep. Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. 
Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Well, I, I think if it's more, if you're giving more credit to Louisville, then you, you're saying that it's Notre Dame's fault. Notre Dame, if it's just a talent thing, right? Notre Dame should have figured out how to beat Louisville and beat him convincingly if it was just a talent issue. Right. There's something more than that here. Like, there is something more. I, I think that we can watch a game and know that, like, there's a vanilla nature. There's a lack of diversity that is already all, all of a sudden sprung up. There's no pace to the football game. I just think that genuinely, you if you look at the football game and you're just honest with yourself, there for some reason, there's a holding back feel to this offense right now and that isn't like again you give louisville credit in a large way of like they took advantage of what was in front of them and they were able to make the stops that they needed to but did notre dame make them uncomfortable at any point in that football game did you ever feel like they made notre louisville second guess or feel uncomfortable no. with their game plan it no. just they fed into it so that's a it's a coaching issue in my opinion that's a coaching issue the other thing too ryan is and this is to michael's question is it's not so much saying that Marcus Freeman is going in there saying, run these plays. Don't throw yep. the ball down the field. It's a it's an overall mentality of you're so afraid to make a mistake that you don't make the call, that you don't make the throw. Right. Because of the manner in which mistakes are, you know, turnovers. Like Marcus Freeman talks about turnovers like they're guaranteed losers. Like when it happens, it's like this dramatic overreaction, which is a typical thing of defensive coaches, right? I mean, because you think of what an off a defensive coach's reaction is every time there's a turnover. Oh crap! You know, well, yeah, that he's gonna. More offensive coaches have a little bit more of, hey man, this is part of the game. Turnovers are gonna happen. We got to be smart. We can't have dumb turnovers. Can't have bad turnovers, but they're gonna happen. They're part of the game. And I'm willing to sacrifice occasional interception if it means that we're gonna be aggressive because I know the payoff is going to be three big plays, right? As opposed to no turnovers and no big plays. And and so, you know, to me, it, it's that type of thing. It's more of a mentality thing. I think there's also a great deal of pressure being put on the offense right now. Some of the things I have heard about how the practices went leading up to the Ohio State and Duke game leads me to believe that there was a little bit more intensity those weeks and not good intensity like, uh, you know, focused and physical intensity, but more of like a, you were acting this way before, now you're acting this way, and what, what, what's going on? And it's the opposite of the way Lou Holtz was. Now, you know, who, who knows? But that's also part of it too, Ryan, is is when you talk about handcuffing, is, is you get guys, and this was Brian Kelly's thing, you get guys so tight and so tense that the first time adversity hits, it's like it's just your world, your world ended, right? Because you're just so tight. And that's how this team has looked in, in some of these games. And hopefully this game they don't. Hopefully it's, it's hey, what do you got to lose now? Because, like, this thing is all the pressure is off Notre Dame now for, for this season, if you really think about it. Yeah. And uh, we'll see if they play like it. They play free. We'll see, though. 
Tom Connor says, Brian and Ryan, how many plays do you see Jordan face on getting this week? I honestly have no idea. I uh, I have no idea. I mean, he I, should I mean, play. I mean, you he, just waste. You just you know you just burned his. Game, yeah, gave him a scholarship. Know, right. So he he better play. Even though I mean he probably should have kept playing when he had two catches for and a touchdown, but they didn't even play him after that. Yeah. So I mean I don't know. He only we'll played see. fifteen reps last week. I, I would I'll tell you I would not mind seeing more stuff like they did last week with him and Chris Tyree on the field together at times. I mean yeah. mix up your or personnel speed. more that way. I was I was fine with that. Yeah. But I, I would think that's probably a somewhat fair number uh, the, to predict. Uh, again, you know, like that's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm. Hey, man, I'm, I'm. I am happy for Jordan Faison, man. Yeah. He's a talented kid, and he's worked his butt off. So that's I'm why we had him on the show, him. Ryan? The whole point of having yeah. him and Luke Talich on the show, and and then we also had Henry Garrity was because our point was like you guys this, and we've been talking about this for this is not your typical walk on class. It's no. not. I mean, we're all talking about Jordan Faison. He's the new story. Luke Talich has been playing for Notre Dame since week one. <laughs> He's been a starter on special teams since like early, the big, early in the season. You know, so this is a really good walk-on class. Props to Chad Bowden in that recruiting operation for getting – because that's normally who does recruiting of walk-ons. It's those type of people, not – yeah. Chancey Stuckey. That's not to take away from Chancey Stuckey's recruiter because he's done a great job. That's just practically speaking, normally walk-ons are recruited by – not the football coaches. Uh, so, yeah, he's a heck of a football player. I still remember when we had him and Luke Talich on, on our recruiting day, signing day show. Same time. Yeah. And we're playing yep. the film, and people are like, this guy, these are these are good football players, you know, yeah. and they are. I mean, after after all the stuff with uh, uh, Peyton Bowen happened, I remember like we had a legitimate conversation of, like, do you just give Luke Talich a, a right. scholarship at that point? Like, and it's, like, right. reasonable to think that that maybe mm-hmm. could have been a thing, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Really good players. Zach, 32. Thank you so much, Zach. Do you think Notre Dame should run the ball more in 11 and 10 personnel and spread SC out rather than trying to run in 12 and 13 and risk SC stacking the box? I'm not a huge fan of running out of 10 personnel, Ryan, unless it's like a third and long draw, you know, where where you're going to try to do something. I'm not – I'm just 10 personnel to me is not a great uh, run personnel group for Notre Dame. 11 personnel, absolutely, but it's got to be a both and, right? It can't just be or, or a rather than. You need to be able to find ways to run the ball out of 12 personnel. I'm even saying you need to find ways to run the ball out of 13 personnel because here's the thing. The problem with with what USC did last year, Ryan, isn't that, oh, there was no chance for Notre Dame to run the ball. It was there was no chance for Notre Dame to run the ball the way that they were trying to run the ball. Right. Just duo, 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 and jet sweep. You know, like there was no plan like, hey, this is what they're doing. So let's get outside of them this way. Right. You know, those are type of things that you've got to you've got to have plans for. But you've got to mix it up. You've got to you've got to be able to do both. You've got to be able to run out of both and throw out of both. That's my thing. But I also do believe that to Zach's point, and this is where I think Zach does make a good point, Ryan, is there are things you can do out of 11 personnel that will force USC to match personnel in a certain way. That allows you to, and then you can line up in certain ways that will limit some of their box, heavy box numbers that 12 and 13 don't do. But your 12 and 13 personnel this year is different than last year's 12 and 13 personnel, 12 personnel, especially because there are more things you can do this year with Mitchell Evans and Holden Stace than you, you could do last year with Michael Mayer, Mayer and Mitchell Evans. 
because in a lot of ways, Michael Mayer and Mitchell Evans are similar players. They're, they're kind of the same guy. The routes you're going to use for one, like what did Michael Mayer make catches on last year? A lot of ins and overs. Yeah. What is Mitchell Evans making a lot of catches on this year? And in options, ins and overs and options. Now, the one thing they've done with Mitchell Evans this year is they've been more willing to throw the ball up the seams this season than last year. That is one one nice adjustment. But they're very similar in from a not you understand what I mean by similar, right? Right. It's not that they're the same player, they're different, but how they Usage. use them is similar. Yeah. Hold Stace is a different animal if you use him correctly. Right now, they're using him kind of the same way. But there are things you can do with those two guys in the game from a pass game standpoint that if USC goes big because you're in 12 or 13, even with Eli Raritan, there's things you can do out of that 13 personnel that if USC goes to like a big personnel, you can spread it out and throw the ball. And we saw Notre Dame, we saw Notre Dame do that last week, ran out of 14 personnel, and they completed yeah. a pass for like 15 yards. So yeah. if you're creative enough with but then they did they didn't do that again. They just next time they went 14, they just they ran the football. Um, and we didn't really see it other than that. But yeah, there's some things you got to do. You've got to be willing to run the ball out of 11 and you got to be willing to throw the ball out of 12 and 13. That that's what it comes down to. You know, I mean, I'm all for spreading the field, Zach, to your question and being able to create easier running lanes for yourself. But at the end of the day, if you do that, you have to be able to then also show that you can win outside in those situations too, because at some point USC is going to say, okay, we know that you're spreading us out a little bit more. But we're still going to cheat guys a little bit, right. right? We're still going to blitz off the slot. We're not going to completely just be like, okay, oh, yeah, we have to play like this. Like, we're right. still going to force the issue, right? So you have to show that you can win in both ways. Oh, both shoot. Areas. Notre Dame led up in 11 personnel. We have to put a nickel on the field now. Exactly. Like, they you know, may no. not. I mean, they may say, <laughs> yeah. no, we'll keep our third linebacker because we want and bring our safety down and just play cover uh, one because we don't think you can beat us with your receivers. I, I wouldn't put a nickel on the field right now. I would not put a nickel on the field against Notre Dame. Wouldn't do it. Nope. Would not do it. Nope. So you're going to have to be able to make plays out of that. But I do – but here's here's why I like running out of 11 personnel, Ryan, against this USC team. I, first of all, I like doing it all the time. you got to be balanced out of it. But this USC team will blitz themselves into a problem. That That's that's the reality. They they will flat-out blitz into two big runs if you have a good plan. Yep. I mean, did you see the Arizona State game? I mean, I mm -hmm. have never seen an easier cutback. They kept, they kept blitzing a guy off the edge, and he was running right at Drew Pine. Yeah, are you are you really worried about Drew Pine keeping the ball that bad that you're blitzing like right to the quarterback? Like, what do you and they just hey, hand man. off inside zone He's... and seal everybody else off and he just cuts. I mean, it's just like, what are you doing? Drew and Pine's then I'm like, eleven. He's got to be athletic, right? Yeah. Got to be athletic. But then I'm like, well, they'll they'll clean that up. And then I'm like, then I'm watching him against Colorado. I'm like, nope, still doing it. Arizona, nope, still doing it. It's like they'll blitz themselves into problems all the time. And you've just in the more the more you limit the box numbers the the more chance that if you make one guy miss or one guy fits wrong it's gonna go yeah and um yes and, and whereas if you're in 12 and 13 they're just gonna put everybody down there put a corner out on your receiver and you may make that they may blitz into problems but that safety's right there <laughs> to make plays and we actually saw that a little bit last year against them there's a couple times where Notre Dame got it back to the second level got past that first line blitz, but there was a, a safety right there at four yards ready to make that play. Yep. And when did Chris Tyree rip off his run? I think it was like later in the game, they'd hit a couple passes by that point in time. And, and, and then Chris Tyree rips off that run. But um, yeah, it's, it's a good observation, Zach. I, I dig that. I like how you're thinking about it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jacob Hayden with the Super Chat. Thank you so much. Curious, how is Jordan face on ready, but Braylon James isn't? I think... I. Brian, can I just say, like, I do think that because Jordan Faison is going to play mostly the slot position, right? Like, he's going to play more in the side. That isn't more, that's an easier transition than playing like a boundary position that Braylon James is kind of projected best to. You have to deal with working against press, different adjustments off of different variations. Slot, you're getting a lot of free releases. You're getting, to, you know, as long as you understand how to evaluate and find space, you could be pretty good in the slot. Now, the next step is, now let's really hone in the craft of playing wide receiver. And then you could be a great right. slot. But I just think more than anything, slot is a little bit easier translation most times than playing Agreed. outside as the in the boundary, in my opinion. Agree. And Jordan Faison to me is a little bit more advanced as a route runner than Braylon was when he showed up. I mean, yeah. Braylon was a slant go cross guy, at, yep. you know, in high school. That's it. My whole point is again, okay, then use him on a slant cross and, <laughs> and go around to Notre Dame with as bad as your receiving core has been. You know, I'm my I mean my look, guys, my hope is that Jordan Faison turns into Chris Olave. You it, what I mean by that is Ryan, you remember Chris Olave is a freshman, like we like hardly ever played early in the season. Like yeah. he played in some mop-up minutes. And then what he had what did he have? Didn't he have his breakout like in the Big Ten title game or something like that? It was like yeah, he had you know, a crazy against guy, Michigan. I- he had a crazy catch, I think, in the back of the end zone against somebody good, and then yeah. that was kind of like the coming out type of thing. Yeah, but like he 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 caught five four balls all year. I mean five. His breakout was actually in November. He caught one ball for five yards in a seventy seven thirty one win over Oregon State. He caught one ball for fourteen yards and a forty nine six win over Tulane, and that those were both in September. He didn't catch another pass until Michigan State on November tenth. He caught two for 41 in a 26-6 win at Michigan State. And he only caught one pass for 10 yards in that shootout against Maryland. And then the next week, he comes out against Michigan in a 62-39 blowout over a team that at that time, if you remember, a lot of talking heads, Kirk Herbstreit and all those people were saying that that Michigan should actually get in the playoff over Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame beat them, because that was all the way back in September. Uh, you know, and then they went out, just got curb stomped by Ohio state, but he went out in that game and had, he only, he had two catches for 48 yards, but they both went for touchdowns. And then I I think it was Northwestern. He had the crazy catch in the big 10 title game. He went for five for 79 and caught a touchdown pass in the the big 10 title game. It's like, who is this kid? I hope Jordan Faison can be that because they need that kind of spark. I'm I'm all for that. I just, I don't want us to start like putting all of our hopes on Jordan Faison now. 
and he's going to be the savior for the offense, right? He, a lot of other dudes need to continue to step up because yes. part of what worked for Jordan and you, I think you mentioned this on Tuesday, Ryan, it's like, do you think anyone on Louisville's defense was like, watch 80, watch 80? No, they, they, they were didn't know who number 80 was probably. Yeah. Right? Which I mean, is like, why they watched, doubled. Go ahead, Ryan. I, I was just going to say like, you watched the game film and like, did you make a note of 80? You didn't mm-hmm. because he wasn't on the field. <laughs> right. just like, yeah. You didn't know who the kid was. I mean, that's just right. what it is. So yeah. Just right. like if 14 would have been on the field, you'd probably be like, I don't know who 14 is either, right? Like, right. so yeah. When there's a greater chance they know who 14 is than they know who 80 was, right? Yeah. I mean, that that that's the that's the reality of it. Yes. So, you know, um, they're gonna know who he is a little bit now. And now, like to your point, he's gonna have to be able to do a few more things. And so we'll we'll see how it plays out. But I I hope the kid keeps making plays and you know, I hope that that Tobias Merriweather makes plays and Jade Thomas makes plays and, and I need it. Chris Tyree makes plays. And I mean, they're going to need all those guys, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores. My, my hope is that, you know, they, they just, they can figure out what's the best way these guys all work together. Yeah. That's going to be a key. And I'm hoping that Jaden Greathouse is back to being healthy because he can be a weapon if he's healthy. I mean, he was a non-factor the last, he didn't play two weeks ago and barely did anything last week just because he wasn't hundred percent. I'm hopeful that he's good to go this week because he could be a weapon. He like to me, it's not a coincidence that Jaden Greathouse is not is um not does not play or does not play much in the two games where your third down offense was the worst. I don't think yeah. that's a complete coincidence. It's not only because of that, but I don't think it's a complete coincidence. It's definitely not that, a coincidence. Yeah. He's so dependable. He's so dependable. Yeah. And he, he knows how to get open. I mean, your current yes. slot starting a slot receiver has never played receiver before in his life before yep. this season. Jordan uh, Jaden Greathouse is going to know how to get open more than Chris Tyree. He just flat out is, and he's talented as well. Uh, So yeah, you definitely miss that guy. There's no doubt. Throwing hands Irish with the super chat. Thank you so much. Is is the weather, if the weather is absolutely terrible, like it might be, could you see a low scoring 21 to 14 game? No, I I still... I don't think the weather is projected to be like that bad, like to where it's going to be something like that. Yeah. To me, that's like, you need like 30, 40 mile an hour winds. I, I don't think 15 mile an hour winds are going to keep Caleb Williams to 21 or 14 points. If Notre Dame keeps them to that many points, it's because the defense played great. And I, I you look, I don't think USC is, is, is great running the ball, but I don't think Louisville's offensive line was any great shakes either, Ryan, and, and they were able to open up a bunch of run lanes for, I, I think, I think USC's know. offensive line is better than Louisville's personally, but yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so if the weather's bad, it's not a guarantee that that means Louisville's or USC's offense isn't going to work. No. And they got talented backs. They're different than the kid they faced last week. And different. you know, like, yeah, I, I, that would surprise me. It would surprise me if if the weather caused that. That would surprise me. It really would. I think that would. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care what the conditions the, uh, are. Louisville's yeah. USC's defense holding Notre Dame to twenty one or fourteen points. I don't care what the conditions are. Would be very disappointing to me. Very disappointing. Because let me say what that would mean, Ryan, is you're closer to to Nevada, Stanford, and San Jose State than you are to Colorado and Arizona and Arizona state. That's what that would mean to me. That, that, that is what that would mean. Yep. <laughs> Nathan Milton with the super chat. 
Brian and Ryan, you guys, you guys are the goat. Great content. Hashtag, hashtag BK still sucks. Hashtag Parsons equals best athlete. He's still on that. He's still yeah. on that. That so. was like a month. That was like four months it's ago. Like over the summer. <laughs> it's like over the summer. Troublemaker. Awesome. Yeah. Matt, 2011 GT with a big super chat. Thank you so much, sir. Are our wide receiver routes too slow developing? I say this because I don't see the releases we heard about in the fall in game. Are the receivers too slow so they just run rather than release like they can make a release move and then hit fifth gear? So one part is, the are the receivers too slow so they can run rather than release? No, I don't think the receiver. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. I'll, I'll try to answer it two ways, Matt. I don't think the receivers are, are too slow, period. End of sentence. They're just slow, if that's what you mean. I don't think lack of speed is not a problem for the Notre Dame receivers. Uh, even a guy like Jaden Greathouse, who I would argue is the slowest guy you have, that's not why the releases are the way that they are. If anything, if that's your concern, and again, you may be asking this another way, and I'll answer both ways, Ryan. If you're slow, you need to have a complete arsenal of of great release moves on, on in your repertoire. You have to be great at releasing if you're a slower guy. You have to play with more urgency if you're a slower guy. The other way you could saying it is, are, are they too slow uh, so they just run rather than release, um, meaning like more deliberate, like they can relate to, make a release move so like they're trying to win. Again, if that was true, like they can make a release move and then hit fifth gear. Again, if that were true, they'd still be making, they would be doing more off their releases, right? Like they would be doing, hey, let me win here and then boom, I can accelerate and go. And so they're maybe more deliberate with their release moves. You know, that's the other way you could take it. Um, but as far as the routes being too slow developing, yes, yes, I believe so. I, th- I think their releases, the thing is their releases aren't slow as far as against press because they just stutter and go. If anything, they're, they're, they're not, they're getting into their route too quickly in that instance. What I'm referring to is like guys just coming off the line and just, kind of going three quarter speed because they're going to do an in cut. And, and I'm a believer that when you're, when you're going to run as much vertically oriented pass concepts as Notre Dame runs, Ryan, they run a bunch of goes, a bunch of seams, a bunch of in cuts, a bunch of out cuts, a bunch of stop routes, a bunch of post curls. When you run that stuff, every time you run one of those routes, it needs mm-hmm. to look like a go route until the minute you make your break off the ball. It needs to be, I am screaming off the ball. The The thing I was actually somewhat, happy with from last week ryan is i actually think we saw more of that what shocked me when i watched the all 22 is how many times notre dame's receivers actually got on top of louisville defensive backs ball just never came right and then the one time it does come gets dropped that was not the only time a notre dame receiver had gotten over top of a louisville defender so i actually thought the urgency last week was better they they didn't make that one play sam hartman didn't make the throws he needed to make in other times you had a penalty that brought back another one. So so I actually think there were some opportunities for those for those balls last week. I, so I hope they can carry that into this week because, I mean, Tobias Merriweather's get-off last week was way better than it's been all year. Chris Tyree was coming off with more urgency. So, I, I, you know, I, I was more pleased by that. The releases still sucked, which is why Rico Flores and Jaden Thomas had trouble because they're just not athletic enough right now to have those kind of releases against the kids that Louisville has a corner and win. They're just not. Yeah, to me. 
Well, I, I mean, I would say this, Matt. Like, I think any time a, a team is playing slow at certain spots, it's a confidence issue a lot of the times, right? I mean, because, I mean, there's a lot to be proven with Chancey Stucky as far as, you know, how good of a receiver coach he is and all that, right? But it has to be better than what it was, though, right? And I think people have commented, Brian, like, I think you've talked about it, like, that the, the coaching is definitely better than what it was at wide receiver in the previous staff, right? Well, why Real isn't it low taking... Bar. Yes. Well, why isn't taking it monumental leaps? I think partly it's because this isn't a wide receiver group that is still is has a lack of production from a career perspective, right? You still don't have a ton of career production, and there's no confidence on the team right now. I, I don't think there is. And then you're also dealing with the injury bug that you're dealing with, with the hamstrings, and like there's just I just think that there's zero just fire under that group right now as far as the confidence level like they just are not a confident group and they're also a group that's getting beat up a little bit as far as the hamstring issues as well so they just need they need one to get healthy a couple guys but two they need just a spark of confidence man they need a they need a game where it's just like okay this is this can work this can work and now it's going to continue to work and continue to work they just really lack confidence right now agree that was our last question ryan so that's going to wrap things up. Why don't you go and take us out of here? Well, I appreciate everyone for dropping by for this Notre Dame versus USC game prediction and keys to victory. If you missed the first section of the podcast where we dove deep into the game, keys to Notre Dame offense, keys to Notre Dame defense to hopefully win this football game on Saturday, please go back and listen. Thank you all so much for the super chats there at the end as well. We are only a couple days away from Notre Dame football officially kicking off at home fighting playing against the usc trojans so before you leave you can just hit that like button for us subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to us on youtube make sure you hit that notification bell at the bottom of the screen to listen to all our future shows boards at irishbreakdown.com for all your latest team and recruiting intel i'll have recruiting hour tomorrow to preview a big recruiting weekend for notre dame as well if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform five-star reviews are always very much appreciated you can also subscribe to the podcast there make sure you do that right now And as always, go Irish. We'll talk to you all again very soon. Ryan Roberts, Ryan Driscoll here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.